Welcome to Jurassic World. episode we're discussing minute 78 of Jurassic World. Before we get to that, David, heading over to dress-pedia.com, we've got another new article just up uh, Bicycle Floor here on uh, Lookout Point from Season 3, Episode 1 of Camp Cretaceous. A location I would have absolutely loved to see in the um, in real life, but sadly it's only in the cartoon. Yeah. Yeah, this was, um, I think, I don't think it's stated to be the highest point on the island, but it's definitely among the higher points because you can see, like, most of the island from there. I think Sibo is actually considered the um, highest spot on the island. Well, you wouldn't want to go. You wouldn't want to go to the the, the highest of the peaks either, just because wind and it's supposed to be a restaurant viewing area and everything else. You don't want um, people getting blown off the summit <laughs> because of the wind gusts and that. Yeah. Well. Yeah. And. Um... This is actually a really cool spot because this is where we finally get the uh, Tyrannodon versus the uh, hang glider scene in this, which we'll actually be bringing up later, I think, in a couple minutes. But yeah, it's um, a scene from the concept art of The Lost World that was storyboarded but never filmed, mm-hmm. where they evade Tyrannodons by jumping off a cliff with uh, hang gliders and that actually made it into the um, made it into the toys for the lost world but uh, that's about as official as it got up until this point mm. yeah I was going to mention I've got the Malcolm in his box and uh, yeah <laughs> in his uh, hang glider <laughs> on the front of the box which would have had a lot of kids scratching their heads back in the day I'd, I can imagine but even looking at the um, like one of the photos here the, the hang gliders on that platform out over the, mm-hmm. the peak. Just some of that uh, vertigo-inducing stuff in the movies would have been fantastic up at height. But I'd, I can only imagine how much it would cost to sort of film uh, like the, the hang gliding sequence we get in the cartoon in real life. We know what uh, parasailing <laughs> footage looks like from Jurassic Park for and it doesn't look that good, so it might not have been as glorious as what we see here in the uh, cartoon. Mm-hmm. Right, that's all we need to discuss on that. One of many articles going up uh, currently on uh, Camp Cretaceous. Um, the team's flat out pumping those articles out, and uh, we'll be talking about many more in the episodes to come. Yeah, Sickle has definitely been on on 
on a roll. Sorry. <laughs> trying to decide if I want to say he's on fire or he's on a roll. <laughs> but yeah, he's been cranking out articles like a madman, and it's great to see. Mm, yep. So head over to dressedespedia.com for uh, this article and many more. No, 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 Looks like the fox got in the henhouse. All right, Dave, ready to get in 78? Uh, yeah. All right, minute 78, Jurassic World opens with Simon Mazzaroni losing control of the helicopter. It ends with a flock of escaped pteranodons flying over the forest canopy. As we start minute 78, the helicopter's in a bad way. It's been impacted by several suicide pteranodons and has started uh, its counter-rotation spin, which normally happens when the rear rotor gets knocked out. Um, and then we cut to slow motion as uh, Masrani's fighting the controls, and uh, we can sort of hear the, the sound of the rotor blades slowing down as well, just as we go into that slow motion, and cut back to Owen and Claire on the ridge as uh, Claire walks forward in shock with the, the scene that's unfolding in front of her, and from their vantage point we get to see the helicopter going down uh, until it impacts with the glass dome of the aviary, and um, after a second it sort of breaks through the glass and snaps in two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it'd be. Um, I'm not sure if they use plexiglass or tempered glass on helicopters, but yeah, it's definitely reinforced so that it doesn't just break if like a seagull hits the windshield. Mm. Yeah, classically, MythBusters have done the uh, the frozen chickens at aircraft windows and that, and it's um it's funny watching it in slow mo some of the the glass sort of bending under the impact and then the chicken veering off to the side <laughs> though amazingly it was a um seagull or no it was a goose that took down an airplane and ha- they had to be landed in the hudson that miracu- miraculously nobody died from yeah bird strikes are serious things <laughs> in aircraft um and those birds aren't anywhere near as big as what these pteranodons are which is interesting because now that um the attack on the helicopter is pretty much over I don't think we ever see any of the Dimorphodons attacking. It's only the Pteranodons. Yeah, the Pteranodons seem to be the much more aggressive ones. And it's kind of interesting because despite the uh, Dimorphodons kind of being so ugly, they're really not that aggressive. I mean, they're not really aggressive unless you attack it. And we don't really see them attacking unless... Like, the only time we ever see them attacking is when we see the ACU shooting at them with darts. Yeah, we're going to get there when we get to Main Street. <laughs> uh, inside the aviary, we get to look up and uh, see the front half of the helicopter and a lot of glass falling to the aviary floor, and it slams into a stand of palms and explodes right in front of the Indominus, which then turns and runs. Its goal of destroying the helicopter seemingly complete as it leaves the building. And if uh, if you didn't think, <laughs> if you thought Simon may have uh, survived the initial impact with the glass dome, uh, just to <laughs> put that point home, uh, that you're going to make the helicopter explode as well. Yeah. Which, movie cliche. <laughs> this is sadly the first of um, two kind of like spectacularly over-the-top death scenes in this movie. The second, of course, <laughs> being far more controversial. Yeah, we're about five minutes away from that one. <laughs> but I've seen too uh, recently on social media, um, people are doing the old uh, how would you rate the villains of the movies and that, and um, surprisingly, Masrani comes up alongside Mills and Mills and Wu and uh, Ludlow. 
especially with uh, his reaction to Wu earlier, um, creating the hybrids and all that sort of stuff. If um, if that was his fault, if he was really angry about what Wu had done, or if he was just naive. Mm-hmm. And as um, as Hoskins said, he owns that owns that many companies. He doesn't really know what what he's got. It's almost the uh, the Carson, um, or the Colson death scene here where one of our main characters dies so we know the stakes have just been risen um but sadly when we get to the control room soon too after this there doesn't seem to be any management structure in place with uh him not on the scene and claire not in the control room i i didn't mind the masrani um character i thought it was uh something different something fresh um but a lot more of a, a better take on sort of the new, the new age billionaires we have now a little bit eccentric <laughs> Um, and that, and it is, it is a shame he uh, he didn't get to stay around for future films. But unfortunately, in real life, we know what happened there. So, it's a bit of a sad end to the character. I do have to say that it was kind of worsened. I think the impact of his death retroactively by the death of Rafan Khan. Yeah, at least there was a bit of time there. It didn't happen closer to when this film came mm-hmm. in, which may have made it a little bit worse. But uh, that's when we cut back to the control room as uh, Vivian's there sobbing. And we can see the Avery camera again um, on the screen and over the radio. She says, uh, we have a breach in the aviary. And as Vivian and Larry look at the computer feed in horror, Hoskins almost smiling in victory as he's got no one now opposed to his plan. Uh, Yeah, I mean, it almost kind of shows a sadistic side to him here where he's like, the next thing he does is go to the roof of the building to kind of watch, yeah, now they're going to listen to me. <laughs> I mean, he's kind of, I'm like on the verge of gloating here, you know? Mm. Yeah, which is sort of unnecessary, I suppose, but... Um... Yeah, but I mean, he does kind of fit in with the Saturday cartoon villain thing that he has <laughs> going on. I wish we saw him twirl his mustache at least once in this film. <laughs> <laughs> He is a, he does like about do that a couple times in this movie. This being one of them. Uh, back on the ridge, Owen and Claire watch animals escape and fly directly toward them. And uh, Owen tells her to get to the trees, go go, and uh, and they start running for the uh, trees behind them on top of that ridge. And we get an aerial shot here of that ridge line with the uh, the tiny figures of Owen and Claire running through the grass towards the trees. Um, I don't think this is CGI, I think this is a helicopter shot, one of the ones they may have done. Um, in Hawaii, filming the plate at least. Anyway, the background plate is is definitely I think um, real, but the cliff face there I don't think is. No, <laughs> no, that looks like some bad. The, the textures look off on that cliff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, the train's on swooping low behind them before lifting off above the tree line. It's it's sort of weird, yeah, okay, you may have one or two that see them running down there and think, oh, a snack, and uh, want to swoop down and, and get them. I don't think the trees would be as much of a deterrent. But anyway, <laughs> Owen sees one tree on swoop low and pushes Claire to the ground just as it wishes over their heads. Sort of, sort of a little bit reminiscing of what we had in the uh, Jurassic Park novel with uh, mm-hmm. Grant and the kids running from the animals as well. Mm-hmm. But just Claire doesn't have a baseball mitt to throw up at one. <laughs> And uh, as the minute ends, we pan up to see dozens of the animals flying over the trees, uh, all heading in the one direction, it seems. Uh, we'll get to know where they're heading next minute. Dave, anything else on that before we get to novel comparisons? Uh, no, I think we're good. 
All right, uh, Jurassic One crashed through the Avery Dome and plummeted to the ground and crumpled like tin film. Uh, it didn't explode like uh, we see in the film, but uh, up on that ridge, uh, Claire covers her mouth and sees a uh, pillar of smoke rising from rising from the Avery and whispers, "Simon, God no!" And uh, Owen and Claire run for the trees like in the film, but they aren't being chased after. When they get to the tree line, they watch animals fly overhead, and Owen says they're heading for the resort. So that's our first little hint there of where mm-hmm. they're. Uh, where they're off to well it kind of does seem more indicative of where they're going you know than i mean in the novel here than it does in the final movie yeah yeah it's kind of weird how they just they're they're free the trinidad's first order of business was take out the helicopter in that frenzy okay but then they (laughs) all sort of just they all uh after the explosion they all leave the aviary and all fly in the one direction whether they're mm-hmm. mal malnutrition, they know there's a food source there. I think it's hinted in a novel coming up that um, it's actually the water source they're after, and the lagoons there, and that's that's. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, tracks them. Sort of Grant's line looking for a new nesting ground, so mm-hmm. we'll we'll keep an eye on that as we get closer. But uh, Dave, if there's nothing else, we'll get out of you for today. All right, sounds good. <laughs>